Whether you're looking to land your next promotion, make a career transition, or find the next best role for you, being a job candidate can be challenging. And even sometimes isolating, but you don't have to do it alone. I'm Karen Weeks, the CEO and Chief Career Coach of Shine Network Coaching. I bring over 20 years of HR experience to the conversation, including as the Chief People Officer at OrderGroove. And I'm Dan Carr, a Shine at Work career coach with over a decade of recruiting experience, helping high-growth startups expand with top talent. On this podcast, we will shine a light on your job search so you can land a role that lets you flex your strengths and progress your career in an environment you actually look forward to working in each day. From creating a standout resume to confidently negotiating your salary to find your footing as a new manager, you can expect to hear actionable advice to help you shine your brightest in your role. This is the Shine at Work podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Shine at Work. I am Karen Weeks, and as always, I'm here with my amazing co-host, Dan Carr. Hello, Dan. Hello. Good to see you, my friend. Good to see you as well. We had to take last week off because I was actually traveling and got to see Dan in person, which is always so exciting, but that meant that recording a podcast wasn't in the in the mix, but we are back And today we are going to talk about something that's come up for each of us in our own careers, but then also we've been talking to our clients about as well around, should I consider a contractor role? So first, I just want to take a a step back and put my little HR hat on and talk about what contractor versus full-time employer means. And then we can kind of share our own experiences with it and we'll sort of dive in. But I know this can sometimes mean different things to different people. So in theory... And I won't get into the legalese because no one wants to hear me go down that path. But in theory, a contractor is either short-term. It means that you're doing work for this company, but they don't dictate it to the level that a full-time employee usually does. Maybe you've got flexibility in your schedule or how you go about a project. It's really about bringing an expert in to do some work that they don't have in-house or need additional help. Um, you don't have benefits. It's usually like an hourly or like a retainer. So we can talk about why there are pros and cons to that. But that's sort of what we're talking about here is you're not going to be a full-time employee for a variety of reasons. Um, and so you want more flexibility or maybe the company wants more flexibility in the role. Dan, especially on the recruiting side, when you've recruited for contractors, anything else that we should sort of like call out just sort of the difference between the two before we get started? No, I think you you pretty much... I- Yes, there's a lot of like nuances to this, but in general, um, especially being um, an in-house recruiter, it's usually you have a fairly specialized project that you don't foresee needing a particular skill set beyond the end of that project. And you want to be able to to bring someone in that can focus just on that um, and hammer it out for you like in a certain period of time, generally. Yeah. Or sometimes it might be that there's a lot of work to be done and they just need some additional help for the time being. Like you've even seen that either as an HR person or as a recruiter, like we've got a bunch of roles we got to fill. So we just need someone to come in and help us fill them. Um, Mm -hmm. But I think this is where it starts to talk about then why would I want to take that opportunity um, if I'm looking for a job? So as we sort of talk to some of our clients about this, who have thought about, is this the right next step for me? It kind of ties back into what we were talking about a few weeks ago around sometimes it might be taking too long to find a full-time role. So this could be sort of a stopgap of something to do in the short term, build up your resume, continue to kind of show that you're working while you look for something full-time. 
Yep. Um, it's, it's usually, you know, I have personally done it in my own career um, and why I've done it and the value that I've seen is a number one, it's just a great way to expose yourself to all different types of companies, different types of business models, um, different types of leadership styles. You can kind of come in, work, utilize your special skill set, but also get this exposure to a wider array of different types of companies and the nuances and sort of along the way, make your checklist of, you know, if your ultimate goal is to find something full time, um, really think through of like, I like this at this company, this wasn't so great and start to hone in on um, what you particularly uh, find valuable in a company or what you want that end result to be for you when you finally do land in a full-time experience. Yeah. And it was really interesting because one of our clients, it gave both parties a chance to sort of try it out. So she was coming for a bigger company and she wanted to move up to a startup. And it sort of gave her the chance to say like, do I really want to be in a startup? Is this really what I think it's going to be? And on the company side, it gave them a chance to say, hey, you've never worked for a startup before. As we build out what this role is going to look like, we want to kind of try you out a little bit because we don't know if you'll be successful in a startup. So it actually gave both parties a chance to try sort of try before you buy kind of sense because there's a lot more flexibility um, for someone in a contractor role to, to terminate the agreement if it doesn't continue on. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's actually quite common um that sort of contract to full-time opportunity and that can be you know a company needs to move pretty quickly and they need to hire but and they can't go through their normal protocol of interviewing um or they have a couple yellow flags or see a couple gaps in someone's background they're like would you be open to sort of coming in and trying out the situation Mm -hmm. but to your point um being on the contractor side, again, like great opportunity to come in, get a small sample size of what it's because going through the interview process, like you can only find out so much, like actually putting yourself in the shoes of working in the company for a month, three months is extremely valuable and insightful for making that final decision of whether or not you want to join them full time. Yeah. And I think too, it also gives some flexibility. So you know, sometimes contractors are working roughly 40-ish hours. Sometimes it may just be like 10 hours a week. And so another client we're working with uh, is a newer mom and she wants to be in the workforce, but not at the same degree as she was as a full-time employee. So she's doing some freelance and contracting work so that she's got more flexibility in her days. She can control her time a little bit more. She doesn't have to be working sort of the nine to five grind. And so that might be another reason to consider it. It might offer you more flexibility. Yeah. And another client that is sort of top of mind, it does it to uh, expand their network. So mm-hmm. each each contract that you do and go into a company and work with different teams um, can lead to other opportunities. So it's, it may not just be, you know, yes, you're learning about that company and maybe that turns into a full-time opportunity. But um, I've had people that I work with that go in, they create relationships, and then they've got colleagues in the industry that are looking for a sim- very similar scenario. They connect them with them, and it, it just expands your web as far as your network goes of finding you know, different types of opportunities. Yeah. And that's a great point, too. So how does someone know um, if it's going to lead to something else, if this is a contract a full-time position, or if it really is a in and out kind of situation, usually that's kind of discussed up front, right? 
Yeah, I'd say that that's probably the biggest thing about a contract is making sure as much as possible, like sometimes some things are up in the air, but those are the elements that you really want to define in the contract when you're sort of signing on the dotted line of, okay, this is the scope of what we need. This is about the duration or the timeline we'd love to have this deliverable by. And we do foresee this potentially going in and we'll check we'll check back in in three months or we'll check back in in six months, but sort of define those elements in the beginning uh, when you're signing the contract and understand when you can have a follow-up conversation of whether or not this is like truly the end or you're potentially moving into something a little more long-term. Yeah. That one client that we were working with that went from the bigger company, to the startup, it was like a 90 day plan. And at day 60, she started to kind of put the feelers out of, so we're getting towards the third month. What are you thinking? This is what I'm thinking. And um, because she started to have those conversations, it did turn into a full-time role, but she needed to start reminding them of that timeline as she got closer. Yeah. And that, that that's so important to sort of plant that seed in the beginning of just, hey, I know this is how we're looking at it. You're saying it's a little bit open-ended or um, do you mind if we kind of get on paper or like in that first week set, you know, a meeting for two months out of when we'll sort of circle back and understand what the rest of this will look like? Yeah. And that actually brings up a great point around some red flags to look for. So sometimes there is ambiguity because people don't know and that's okay. And our resource shakes their hand up front that like, we don't know that. Um, but if you want to make sure that you're not getting into this cycle of sort of ongoing contract work, if that's not what you're looking for, or if you're trying to land a full-time job and you think this is going to be a path to get there and they're not willing to commit either way. Sometimes it's valid, like they don't know. I, you know, again, coming from the startup world, there were plenty of times where we said, well, it's starting as a contract role. So we can kind of figure out if this role is a full-time role moving forward, or if this is just a we need someone now. And then once the thing is built, we need something different moving forward. So it might be legit that they don't know what's going to happen next, but mm-hmm. if they're not willing to have that conversation with you about what would be a milestone in order to decide if it's going to become a full-time role or not. Like those are things to kind of look for uh, as you're having those conversations. If they're not willing to like go through with you and really define what the contract is before you're signing it, putting it on paper, like there should be bullets of like, this is the project. These are the deliverables. And um, this is sort of the end date of that. And when we'll circle back to things, if they're not willing to um, put in that little bit of effort to define everything, get it on paper, that can be a little bit concerning. Um, And the other piece to that, and one of the things to look out for is scope creep. So Mm -hmm. you're you're brought on to do X and now you're kind of being asked to do Y and Z and a little bit of this and um, your pay isn't changing. Um, Maybe you're taking on more responsibilities. So it's so important to really define those things in the beginning and make sure that that role isn't sort of changing and mutating into something that you don't want during the time period that you're there. That's a great point. And that's the benefit, honestly, of being a contractor is that you can you know, set those boundaries or set those parameters or say, hey, this is not what we originally agreed to. I'm happy to take this on, but that's going to change my rate. That's going to change the retainer. That's going to mm-hmm. change like whatever that pricing model had looked like. Because as a contractor, you have way more control over those pieces than maybe you do as an employee. 100%. 
And speaking of rates, I know we didn't talk about this ahead of time, but um, one thing that people aren't always clear on is what should I charge if I'm a contractor? Because it's not just an hourly rate based on what the salary might have been. You want to think about the fact that you're going to be responsible for your taxes. So usually you sort of have to do some sort of exponential number so that you're covering yourself when you get to the end of the year. Is that normally like 20% on top of whatever a sort of salary rate would look like? Yeah. So I mean, adding into that, so you may, you're probably on the hook for taxes that you normally wouldn't be if you're full-time. They're not giving you any paid time off. Um, You really are locked up for a certain period of time where you're not like, you can actively look for other roles, but depending on, you know, how much you're invested in this, it might be hard to have something lined up for directly after you finish this contract. So there's so many financial elements um, that you're tied to that you normally wouldn't be taking on a contract that generally, I think a good rule of thumb, and it can fluctuate, but probably like 30% to 50% Mm -hmm. um, if I'm speaking realistically. And that could depend. Um, Like if it's super short term and it's just like, hey, we need you to commit like 50 hours for the next month, like maybe that's a little more expensive because you've got to drop everything um, you're committing, but you don't have time to line something else up. So your time is a little bit more valuable. So I generally tell some somebody anywhere between 30, 50% multiplier on what you would generally make hourly. That's great. And I actually want to touch on something that you said around what happens after the contract ends. So how do I have the conversation with the employer, um, who's not the employer, but like whatever the company, um, or how do I think about it for myself? If I'm still actively looking for a full-time job during this, do I have to tell them that? What kind of notice do I have to give them if I do get a job? Like, how do I navigate those waters if I'm contracting, but still looking at the same time? I think it's understood that, um, they're not offering you something full-time. You have to keep an eye on your livelihood and your security. So, I don't think it's something that you have to hide in any way. Like I've had contractors and, you know, um, they need to take a couple hours off because they are continuing their interviewing for full-time thing, full-time opportunity. And it's completely understandable. So again, it's something you can be pretty transparent about because they understand what they're buying into, you know, generally, and, and again, this depends on the duration, but if you, if you are interviewing for something full-time, you would probably share with them that you are contracting somewhere else. And if you've only got three, four weeks, seeing if they're open and flexible that you finish your commitment with the contract or vice versa, if it's if it's long, you, you'd probably try and give the normal like standard two weeks um, within the contract and and then start your new, new time, new full-time opportunity. Sorry, I yeah. bumbled that. <laughs> it's all good. Well, and I think it goes back to what you're saying. Uh, what we've always said is just about communication. So you're a contractor, you're not an employee. You can be very honest with the company that you're working with. Um, if you are getting further along or you do get a full-time job and you need to give some sort of notice, or as you're interviewing, you know, instead of saying, Oh, I work at this company and I have to give two weeks notice because I'm a full-time employee, I'm currently contracting and I've got a project wrapping up in a few weeks that I'd have to finish up before I could start. Like it's all the same open conversations you should be having during any interview process. And if at any point someone responds to it in a way that doesn't feel right to you, 
that's giving you another data point about, do I want to be working with that company or do I want to be considering going to this other company? So it ties back to your values. Like, does this all connect and does this feel right? And if they react differently than you would expect, that tells you something. A thousand percent, but you hit the nail on the head. Just be transparent because back to our earlier conversation of, you know, this can expand your network. Um, this is not a, a bridge you want to burn. So it, sort of each pass, like let them know that I'm, I'm obviously going to be continuing to interview for full-time opportunities. And then as you're going through those in interviews, but you're contracting, share with them sort of where you're currently at, what your timelines might look like, and just be open and honest. Everyone for the most part has navigated these types of situations and they'll be happy to work with you um, in one way or another. Yeah. I, and so I want to flip that conversation to another direction and say, another thing we've talked to some people about are if you're interviewing and you get the feedback of, oh, you know, we decided to put this role on hold, or we're still trying to figure out what this role is going to look like. So we're actually not going to hire someone or whatever that kind of reasoning is. How do you then open the door to say, well, actually I'm open to some contract work or as you're networking, if you're open to both, how do you sort of balance the consider me for anything kind of conversation? Be be open and honest with whoever's delivering that information to you. And it can always just be, hey, I made a decision to interview here because I'm really excited about the company and the opportunity to, to get a foot in the door. So if you're looking for someone or a contract is something that you'd be much more comfortable with, I'm totally open with that. I wouldn't really the paramount the paramount idea in this my decision making process is joining a great company or um, being a part of a great company. So figuring out how that works for both sides, I'm open to that. And sharing that inner if it's with the recruiter or the hiring manager sharing that information, they'll appreciate that. And even if you know they have to sort of take a step back, they'll have that in the back of their minds as a, a new opportunity or a new way to sort of look at the situation. Yeah. My belief is if you put it out there, you never know. But if you don't put it out there, it's definitely a no. So right. yeah, maybe whatever, half the time it doesn't work out or 80% of the time it doesn't work out. But for that small chance that maybe that's an opportunity to turn that into something else, might as well bring it up, might as well mention it, might as well ask about it because you never know where the conversation could go from there. Yep. And I'll tell you, you're planting a seed too of like this person is really aligned with what we're doing and passionate about uh, whatever our product or our mission. And um, they're open to sort of changing the way that they work or, you know, how they think about what their next opportunity looks like just to get a foot in the door. This is someone that like, I want to keep in the back of my mind. And I've had it um, happen a ton of times as, as a recruiter and have certainly, maybe it's not that opportunity, but something else comes up in the team mm -hmm. that's short-term and like now you're considering that person. So yeah, great point. Yeah. Well, and speaking of sort of creating those opportunities, you know, the other words that kind of get thrown around during all this is like contractor, freelance, you know, everybody was talking about the gig economy a few years ago. So it could also be that you're using these opportunities to build skills or build a portfolio or build opportunities while you're still working at your current company, as long as there's not a conflict of interest. I mean, look, I wear two different hats, right? Like I'm the head of people at Order Groove and I'm doing coaching on the side. So giving the opportunity to say, I'm also doing this to build these skills or to build this path for the future. Would love to talk to you about, you know, are there ways we could work together? I remember at Order Groove, we were interviewing a 
I think it was an engineer maybe. And they came from a totally different background and they had started to build their portfolio by building websites for people that they truly connected with. So like there was a local animal shelter and they went and built a website and took pictures of all the animals so that they could get adopted faster. And so for her, it was fun because she like got to do something that she believed in, but she was also building a portfolio. She could say, I built this website for this organization. I did this thing for this organization. And it was, you know, whatever, five, 10 hours. And she was doing it on the side, but it was the way that she was building towards her next career step. No, I'd love that. I, I think to your point, you just never know. Um, and, and that's true. Like a company has positions that are posted, but they have thousand, a thousand more needs internally and they're trying to navigate and move pieces around. So if you're telling them you're open um, in some way to sort of help out, um, whether that's project-based or full-time, whatever, for X amount of hours, for um, X amount of months, they'll probably be open to it or there may be a spark there um, where something could work. So certainly communicate that, be open, transparent about it. And um, you never know. Yeah. I love it. And that's kind of the theme of everything we say, right? Like just put yourself out there, talk to people, open up the conversations and you never know where they're going to lead and, and being open to new ideas. So maybe you're listening to this episode and you never thought about contracting as an option to either literally take the next step or to fill in the gaps while you're figuring it out. So hopefully it just sparks new ideas for people. Um, we always do a peek behind the curtain. So my peek behind the curtain is there's real value from the HR perspective to bringing a contractor in because we can really get a chance to know you a little bit more as well and test out a role and really understand what we need out of that role. There's literally a situation I've been working on over the last year where we've been trying to figure out uh, a skill that's missing on the team. And so, but we don't know if it's a skill we're missing today. And once we have it, we won't need it or we'll need it in a different way, or is it a long-term mm-hmm. need? And so we've been talking to different contractors about it and either they're going to have a huge impact on the organization and then get to move on to something else if it's just a contractor role, or they're going to build it out and we'll see how valuable it is and will continue to be, and we'll hire this person full-time. So from the HR perspective, it really gives us a chance to kind of try out a role first. And we're always very honest about that upfront. So it kind of goes back to the honesty and just having those conversations with people. I love that. Um, I'm just going to double down on uh, know your value as Mm -hmm. a a contractor. Like so many people, I talk to so many people work with clients that just have no idea of how they would figure out an hourly based on how long they're committing to a company for a certain duration and not understanding, you know, all the other financial elements. So um, what I will tell you is the companies do know that they're going to have to pay more to bring someone on for a contractor. So never undervalue yourself and just say, okay, this is my salary and this is what it it comes out to be. if I broke it down in in an hourly fashion, they're prepared to pay more for the contract. So make sure that um, you're you're boosting those numbers up again. Like thirty to fifty percent is a a great starting point. Like put yourself in a safe space. Always be open to negotiation. But point is, don't undervalue yourself because they're going to be prepared to pay more for these situations. That's a great point. Yeah, things that you don't know until you have those conversations. So I'm so glad mm-hmm. you brought that up. Well, we always try to bring topical things to the podcast. Sometimes it's things that we proactively want to bring up and say, like, I don't think people are talking about this enough. So let's make sure you know this 
this piece of the interview process or this piece of the job search. Sometimes it's because we're seeing it enough in the clients that we're working with or with our own experiences that we want to make sure that we're sharing it because we're seeing it day to day. So this was one of those topics that we, it's come up a couple of different times with our clients. It's come up in some of our in, uh, intro calls. So we thought, let's let's talk about it. The, the economy is better, but you know people are still a little hesitant. So there's lots of different ways that you can make a career change, find a new job, and maybe contracting is one of those more creative ways to think about it. So as always, thank you so much for sharing your real life experience with us, Dan. Always good to see you. Always happy to chat with you. Absolutely. Same here. And if there are topics that we're not talking about that you're interested in, please send them in to us and we will definitely add them to our upcoming episodes and we will see you all soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Shine at Work podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for the video versions of our episodes. To learn more about how you can work with Dan and I to make your next big career move, go to our website, shineatwork.net, or follow us on Instagram at shine underscore at underscore work. See you at the next episode.